Hello, Lion Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lion Cook Thoughts Podcast. Uh, before we get into the episode, I wanted to announce a fundraiser I'm doing. So I'm partnering Lion Cook Thoughts with No Kid Hungry to do a running fundraiser between September 1st and 30th. The goal is to raise $10,000 to help out 47% of households facing hunger during this pandemic. And the goal is to run 47 miles to represent them, raise awareness, raise funds. As a chef, it's my responsibility to feed people. It's my responsibility to also... Um, help people get food when needed. At least that's how I feel about it. Uh, and I know a lot of you are going through a lot right now. And so if you don't have the time or the you know resources to run the 47 miles next month, um, you know, that's totally okay. You know, but if you do have some extra time and maybe some extra energy, um, feel free to go into the show notes of this podcast, go to my Instagram bio or message me directly and feel free to click on the link and join the official Line Cook Nation running group. It's the group that's going to be running the 47 miles between September 1st and 30th in hopes of raising $10,000 for No Kid Hungry. I'm very excited for it. I'm super honored they let me be a part of this and help me kind of raise some funds for them. But I'm just really excited that our community can come together and kind of work on this project of feeding kids that are in need right now. So I'm really excited to hear your thoughts, really excited to see who joins the team. And if not, if nothing else, if you could just share it, it would mean the world to me. I'll be putting up posts constantly and consistently from now to the end of September. But like I said, just feel free to join or feel free to share. If you have any questions, reach out. I'm always available to talk about it. My guest today is Elza Linda. She is someone I'm so impressed with. She is a 23-year-old founder and creative director of Upprinting Food, which is a company, a startup based in the, in the Netherlands, in Eindhoven. And it is a company using 3D printing to create food. And her goal is to make it more accessible to chefs. Uh, she is a master's student in industrial design, and she's building this company, um, building this startup in a way, hopefully, that will, you know, not only span across the Netherlands, but also across the world. Uh, she is presented in countries such as China and Israel. And really, what's really cool about this and what I never really considered about 3D printing, and you'll see in the episode that I really know nothing about 3D printing, but what I never considered is the way we could use food waste to create beautiful products. So things such as discarded bread scraps, uh, fish skin, all these different things Zalinda is using to, um, you know, make into food, make into stuff that can be put back into the restaurant. And especially as COVID-19 is impacting uh, the economies of restaurants and kind of what it means to run a restaurant, uh, being able to, you know, hammer down those food costs is super important. So I know obviously um, there is costs associated with having a 3D printer, but I hope that the technology and uh, kind of the demand speed up in a way that will eventually help restaurants save money. So very interested in uh, what she had to say. I very um, much would just, if you have any questions, reach out to her because she is, you know, so knowledgeable on the topic, whereas I'm just learning from her, as you can see in this episode. But um, super cool. Follow her at Upprinting Food. Uh, please share the page, share some support because it's really just a great idea. It's a great, I think it's going to be a great thing that chefs will have at their disposal uh, in the future and the chefs that have it now. I'm just really excited for you to hear this conversation. So feel free to, you know, share her stuff. Feel free to ask her any questions, but it's super cool. Upprinting food. Definitely check it out. Last thing, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review on Apple. It helps me get more listeners. It helps me um, understand kind of what you want to see out of the show. Um, I'm not asking you to leave a five-star review, but more so an honest review. I always like to hear what I could be better at. So thank you all for listening. I hope you all are doing well. And here we go. Mom. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hello, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, if you just wanted to go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience, that would be great. Okay, yes. Um, I'm Elsa Linda. I'm 23 years old. And I'm an industrial designer with a focus on food, actually on food design, but also mainly on 3D printing of food. And I work with chefs, with chefs and restaurants. So, uh, well, that's why uh, you talk with me today. <laughs> awesome. Uh, great. And, uh, you know, would like to first start out by asking uh, where you're from and what was food like for you growing up? Um, so I'm from the Netherlands. Um, I grew up in the middle of the Netherlands. I'm now living in the south in Eindhoven. And while well, food for me when I was growing up, actually, it was really important for us as a family to enjoy food together. And uh, well, I learned cooking for my dad. So since young, I was standing in the kitchen together with my dad, learning how to bake things, how to prepare the meal, and then afterwards enjoying it uh, with good stories uh, together with the family on one table. So, well, it was really important always. Awesome. And what made you get into the food industry? Like, what, what made you want to, you know, work with chefs and work with food as a career choice? Uh, well, yeah, I love food. I love cooking myself as well. And uh, actually, I was also really interested in the background behind food. So during my studies, I um, came in contact with food design with this subject. I didn't know about it before, but well, for me, it was kind of amazing to combine those two kind of aspects, design with food. And so actually, I started um, getting more knowledge into this topic by also following more courses in food technology. So really the background behind the food, more the chemical side and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, then I also really started working around food waste, producing food waste. And it's, it's so interesting. And I love to work with chefs. Also, the aesthetical aspects are really important for me. Um, plating, but also really the delicious food and well, enjoying the food together in the end. So, yeah, I, I love working with it. Yeah. Um, so, just like if someone wanted to start learning about what you're doing, like with 3D printing or food design, would you suggest someone go take a like go learn about the structure of food first, like the science behind it, before they get into design and all that? Do you think that's the base or the beginning of the career for people? Um, no, I don't think it's necessary. Like now we're working with chefs, and actually we provide them with basic recipes to show them what kind of consistency they need to look for for 3D printing and. Even with waste streams, what kind of food they can still use and how they need to process it. But in the end, well, it's all about the flavor and the texture of the food. And I think that actually all chefs will be able to work with a 3D printer in the end. And they don't need to know that much about the chemical side of the food as well. Okay. That's interesting because I don't know, for, it seems like something that's so complicated. I'm sure it is complicated, but um it's cool to know that like you know chefs in general can have an access to this technology in terms of the knowledge they already have yeah yeah for sure i think um, it's not the most difficult part it's not the food but more like 
the designing part and the programming part. But, well, that's something we do with Epronic Food. So we actually support chefs so that they don't have to do this part. And we can really support them with creating and co-creating those kind of beautiful designs that fit to their vision and fit to their dishes. So then in the end, they just have to be creative with the food they want to print. And uh, hopefully also reduce their waste with that, uh, in that way. Okay. Um, yeah, if you don't mind of us getting into 3D printing. So I really don't know a lot about it. I'm not really sure how it works. So if you could you walk us through kind of how 3D printing of food works, like what the machines like, kind of how you get an actual product, because myself and a lot of people probably have no idea of how you actually get the food you make. So I guess what's the whole process of 3D printing? You have like the 3D models that you have to make ahead of 3D printing and then also divide those kind of models in um, in layers because you're printing layer by layer and this way it becomes a, a 3D model in the end. Um, so, well, that's basically it with these ask questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so if is there like a specific dish that you've made recently that you could walk through kind of the layers of how it was built? Um, yeah. Well, maybe uh, something which was quite simple in the designing part. Uh, for one chef in Amsterdam, we made uh, a cylinder and just a cylindrical shape. And actually, then the printer every time has to make um, a circle and every layer, the circle is going up a little bit higher. So it's all placed circles on top of each other. And then in the end, you have this kind of cylinder. And um, he made it with a puree from um, the green part of the leek. So actually he had a beautiful cream puree with, well, not always we use this green part of the leek, but he dehydrated, made a power of it, uh, combined it with old bread and, um, well, he hydrated it again with a sort of lentil uh, puree. So it was very green and then in the end he baked it and dehydrated. So it was, uh, well, a 3D cylinder, which was crunchy and which could be filled again in a dish, which was really nice. Okay, so what? So like, when the ingredients are going in, what like what is the state of the of the puree? Like, is it just a puree that goes into the machine, or to get that cylinder shape? What I guess what is the material like before it's printed? Mm, it's um, well, it can be a quite thick puree. It can even be like a cookie dough or something. It uh, can be really thick. What we often do, well, our basic recipes are based on old bread because we see that in a lot of restaurants, actually, old bread is thrown away. So we develop recipes based on old bread and then in combination with fruit and vegetables. Uh, so okay. they're quite thick purees. And um, that's also needed because otherwise you, well, you can envision if you just print with sort of uh, fruit juice or something that wouldn't work in a 3D shape, then, then you just have a splash of fruit juice instead of building up something so yeah you have to make sure that it's sort of thick enough to print something uh, but also with butter for example you can print as well or people are printing with chocolate and all well different kind of materials still a lot to explore as well okay and so and that, that makes a lot of sense then. So obviously, you know, you need a somewhat harder material in order to print, in order to make into a shape. And in terms of design, are chefs coming to you with kind of what they want? And then you're you're more so the person who's actually putting in the measurements? Or how does it work from getting the idea of a chef 
into the machine so it actually comes out as an actual product that is uh, always kind of nice because we would really do sort of co-creation session with it um, and um, actually sort sometimes the chef comes up with uh, even a drawing or with a picture he found on the internet and then well we as uh, designers we play with it we create 3D shapes because, well, we want to create something unique with a printer, not something that you also can make with a mold, but really that it has different kind of layers and different kind of heights in the end. Um, and then we sent it back to the chef when we, well, tested first or shelf, of course, um, so that it works and that he just can start working with it, uh, which is which is really nice. So yeah, we. And so, if you wanted, uh, so your company, company specifically, uh, if you just wanted to share that and kind of how how it began, I think that would be cool to get into. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so my company, Printing Food, I started with it during my uh, final bachelor project. Um, I did a bachelor in um, industrial design, which I mentioned before, and uh, actually. Well, after I did a minor in food technology, I also learned a lot about food waste and how food is actually thrown away. Um, so I came up with the idea to combine this and to do something with uh, the most wasted food products in the Netherlands, uh, which are old bread, um, in combination with the fruit and vegetables, which I meant before. So I started really with three ingredients, which were old bread, um, brown bananas, and uh, carrots. Uh, products that are often thrown away and I started experimenting with the spiping wag and afterwards with the printer to well create printable purees and to create something which turned into well something attractive and um, something tasty as well of course and then I also started with a baking process and dehydrating process afterwards to make sure it also has a long shelf life and uh, we actually can prepare it serve it in dishes again and um, and people can enjoy it again. So um, this is a little bit the process and uh, the idea at first as an as a study project, but then uh, it was quite well received. I was invited to present it in China, present it in Israel, present it actually all over the world, which was really nice and amazing experience. And so uh, I decided to to continue with it as a startup. And uh, well, now we are a student team of uh, nine students and we are working on the developments of the printer of a platform for chefs and well we're working with some restaurants to really support them using this 3d printer themselves but on the same time reducing the waste with the printer and creating a beautiful experience for the guests wow i mean that's super cool that you know this is a project you had in school and you kind of followed through with it um what so how how did you end up like was the printer already there? Did you end up having to build it? What was the process like in order to get the printer up and running? Um, well, actually, I've been working with several printers. So I think this is already the sixth or seventh printer I'm working with right now. Uh, this printer is not one we built ourselves. So we're reselling it and we're really focusing on the support of the chefs, on the service we deliver. Uh, but we have a tech team now uh, within our team and they are working on development of our own printer because we want to have something with which we can produce more, um, with which we can do even more creative things. And so, well, we're working on these developments, which is really nice. And um, that's a little bit, uh, well, 
oh, it's how it works now. Okay. And you mentioned food la- food waste a couple times. Um, why the interest in food waste and what does a 3D printer, I mean, instead, like, obviously using scraps and whatnot, or like you said, throwing out bread or bread that was going to be thrown out. Why is that so important for you to kind of focus on? Well, so much food is thrown away. It's, it's well, really a lot. And I, I thought, okay, we can use this kind of technology, but it's really important that we then also can create value with it. So not only producing more waste, but really using this technology to, uh, well, for this kind of value. And, well, when using old bread, fruit or vegetables that are maybe not beautiful enough, maybe a little bit ripe. Um, we even have chefs now using um, animal products like the skin of the fish and the skin of the chicken. They also process it in their purees. Um, what we see is that when they print it in a very nice shape, uh, bake it dehydrated, so they even can have a longer shelf life. And then they can really inspire the guests also with this kind of story that they, well, how they can reduce the waste, how they can reduce their waste themselves. And we also see that this, well, is really nice and kind of works that, that the guests feel inspired and also see that we don't have to throw it away, but can still make something tasty and beautiful from it. So I think it's a very good message and I think it's really good to pay more attention to it. And even that we, if we show that you can still make something beautiful like this, then I think it makes more impact in the end. Um, and on the other hand... Yeah, no, I think I think that's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah, well, so it's the aesthetical value with store, but on the other hand, also uh, the structure that you can create with the printing of food, because you're printing layer by layer, you can, well, create something really cringy, uh, which you cannot have if you just spread out the same kind of puree. So it also has some... Uh, additional value and texture in the end. So is is the actual printer doing the drying and the the dehydrating, or is that after you um, or is it after you print it, you're able to dehydrate it? But because of the layers, it just does it more evenly. Um, we we do it afterwards, and that is indeed because then okay. you can also do like multiple design at the same time, uh, which is more sustainable. So, yeah. But you can heat up the puree if you want. Okay, no, I mean that's it's super cool. I'm, I mean, I'm like so interested in this. I'm just trying to understand it all. It's it's such a new uh, thing for me. Um, you've mentioned, uh, you know, in terms of waste, like chefs even using like the skin of fish or whatnot. How have you seen that applied in terms of using a three D printer? Um, well, maybe yes. Yes, it was really nice. Uh, we were working with one chef. We really was well working uh, with this printer and just wanted to be um, original and use something new. So he said, okay, I don't want to use with old bread, but something uh, something differently. So he started trying and experimenting with the skin of the fish. And then we designed the shape of a fish bone for him to print the puree in the shape of the fish bone that he baked in the dehydrated and served on top of a fish dish, which was kind of, well, funny, but really interesting in the end. Um, so yeah, that's, that was really cool. And, um, I think it was really a nice addition to the dish. Yeah, no, that's cool. How are you, so if this is, I mean, if you were to scale this out, so are you, you would be collecting the waste from the kitchen 
and then you ship back the or you bring back the finished product to the chef for him to use as an application like is it ready to go when you bring it back to him like when now they they have the printer themselves in the restaurants so we we give them a training and actually we learn on how they can start working with this printer and um and we do then the co-creation sessions for the designs but in the end they have uh, just a USB and they can put the designs on the printer themselves and just start printing it. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's really nice. It's, in the beginning, they see it as a challenge, but in the end, when they start getting to know the printer, they actually get inspired by it and get, well, more ideas. And we see that's really, um, well, they start, they start getting ideas and brainstorming and messaging us with new design ideas as well. So... It's it's really nice to see this process for the chefs as well. Yeah, it's almost like a it's like another kitchen appliance for them, being in the kitchen, and that's super cool. Um, what is so? What is your like with your company? Is the goal to kind of make this accessible to more kitchens or have more chefs use it? Like, what is what? How do you plan on having more chefs use three D printing? Yeah, well, in the end, we, of course, would like to work with more restaurants. Um, that's also why we're building a platform now to be able to do this co-creation online and to build a community of chefs that can work with this 3D printer and inspire each other with the kind of products they still can use for 3D printing. Um, so that's what we're working on. Also, while well, we're trying to come up with new ideas, new projects, um, so something I also well shared on uh, I also sent to you, which you posted on the Instagram with the uh, with the changeable paper. Uh, that is a new project which in which three D printing is involved as well. So we try to come up and s- keep inspiring chefs with the three D printer and uh, look at well how they can use it and uh, what they can do with it. And in the end, I uh, I hope to have a restaurant myself as well where we can use this kind of technology, other kind of technologies with a sustainable focus and maybe even as a sort of workshop based for more chefs uh, that they can attend lessons in how they can keep and uh, stay innovative with this kind of technology. So, yes. Well, I would definitely come check it out. I think it would be a cool experience. Um yeah, I mean, I think the, you know, obviously your Instagram and you sharing that picture was really fascinating. And, you know, that's why I shared it. That's why I wanted to have you on the podcast. Um, you know, I think it's really cool. and I think it's really important to have that community building. Because um, like I said, I feel like a lot of chefs really don't know a lot about 3D printing. Um, and, so, and I think, you know, sharing the community and like, I don't know if you wanted to go into detail of, you know, what that plate was that I shared on the page, if you wanted to share what you know, the idea behind that dish was, I think that would be um, a cool thing to go into. Yeah, well, um, I'm still actually also doing a master of industrial design and combining this with research on food and uh, things I can apply uh, with the startup as well. Uh, what I showed was um, uh, it's actually foldable paper, paper made from fruit and vegetables. It can even be from... Um, wasted fruit and vegetables because well if you make a puree if you make soups if you make sauces then you don't have to use the most beautiful ones you can also use uh, the overripe or even the well more ugly fruit or vegetables so we try to keep this sustainable vision but then well i was making paper of it and this paper is actually foldable uh in origami structures um and it also can unfold on the plate uh, because i print a liquid on top of it 
and actually um, this liquid reacts with uh, with the sour uh, sauces. So when you plate it and serve uh, the sauce on top, then it will open and uh, refill the contents. So that is uh, basically what it is. It sounds uh, maybe a little bit complicated, but uh, I will post more uh, on my Instagram uh, because we're still developing it and trying to implement it in the end in more uh, restaurants and dining experiences. Okay, I mean, no, that sounds brilliant, and um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's cool and it's crazy. Like you, you obviously need to have such an understanding of food, but also such an understanding of thinking outside the box. And I don't know, I just it, I'm very impressed with kind of your ability to have this deep knowledge of food, but also this deep knowledge of business and starting a business and kind of getting chefs to you know go along with what you're doing. It's important to have, it's like something to be said about someone who can build a community about around a newer idea. Um, so I'm like excited to see where, you know, your company goes. What has it been like to be a, a startup and kind of, what was it like the first few times, like the, you know, in the beginning trying to get chefs to kind of buy into the 3d printing? Cause I'm sure not all the chefs you talked to were, uh, were so readily, um, you know, willing to go into 3d printing. No, no, for sure. Like some chefs just say, no, it's not not our thing. Other chefs, um, mostly when chefs are a little bit older, they say, okay, well, we have young interns in the kitchen. They just start using this kind of thing. So we have to go with them and to also learn this kind of uh, new technologies. And well, it's sometimes still difficult to reach chefs. But in the end, when they see the printer and when they start uh, thinking about the potential of it then often well they they would like to work with and even more when we say that they don't have to think about design work and they don't have to think about the coding and the technical stuff behind it because they are a little bit afraid of this most of them, most of them but well <laughs> then then actually when we say okay we do that part then often they are okay that's nice so we only have to come up with crazy ideas and then yeah yeah that's just your thoughts so that's uh that's really nice and then they are kind of convinced to start working with it and uh and that is the cool part of it i think Mm -hmm. no that's cool um yeah i mean what did what do you think the value it adds that it like what value do you think it adds to a kitchen in terms of cost um sustainability like like have you noticed has there been anything that chefs have shared with you that the printer does that has helped them in terms of executing service or just being able to put out better food that they think you know guests are really reacting to in a positive way um yeah well what we see and what we also saw during the corona they actually didn't um well the the, the restaurants were closed, but still they had this printer in some restaurants. And that was actually really nice because they start, uh, started really experimenting with it and started experimenting with new kind of puris, with new kind of textures. And that's also how they came up with new ideas. And now even when, well, in the Netherlands, they still have like less people, less Yes, and then they even can put the printer in front of them in on the table in the middle of the restaurants and the guests see how their food is printed and what they get on the plate later on. So it really contributes to a, a complete dining experience. And, uh, well, they, they really are part of the entire process and see what's happening. So that is 
that is something which is really nice and which is actually just possible right now or possible in smaller or fine dining restaurants. No, that's cool. I mean, I think that would be so sick to go, you know, sit at a table and kind of see part of your meal printed. Um, that would be a really cool experience. How do you see, you know, as as the technology evolves, as it starts to become more accept, accepted in the restaurant industry, could you ever, like, could you see it in restaurants that maybe aren't fine dining? Like, is there a practical use for it in, say, like a, a fast casual restaurant? Or is it more so right now just for fine dining restaurants only? Mm, well, we are focused on those kind of fine dining restaurants. And that is also because we really want to co-create with the chefs and create something unique and very beautiful. Um, but I think, well, every chef can use this printer and every chef can have his own uh, way of working with it. Like the simplest things to print are just logos and stuff like that. And actually, lot, lots of chefs are, well, really happy when their logo is on the plate or they can show some simple kind of signature in the end. So I think it can be used in all kinds of kitchens. However, now the technology is not uh, that fast. So that's also why we're working now on a new kind of printer so that we have um, multiple of those kind of piping bags next to each other that can print the same shape at the same time so that you really can cre create more production out of it as well. Okay. So, yeah, maybe, you know, for a fast casual place looking to do logos right now, it would be difficult just because of timing and um, just the demand. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think it's, I think it would be interesting though, especially for like, you know, entrepreneurial chefs to have a machine like that, that does print out logos, like you said. Um, where do you see the, like, where do you see the role of the 3D printer in the next 10 years in the food industry? Do you see it uh, growing very quickly or kind of what are your thoughts on the future of it? Um, well, I think we still have to keep researching and still have to keep innovating with it because, well, you now see the chefs are starting to use it more and more. You're starting to get to know what kind of purees they can print. But in the end, there are a lot of more possibilities and really building entire sculptures or maybe even... Um, even helping with the kind of interaction they have with the guests, not only by showing this process of printing, but maybe even telling an entire story with what they print or what they can do with it. So I think, well, we, we go beyond it and we really can have it as an additional value in the entire dining experience. And maybe also, well, if it's faster and easier and we can create more production with it or maybe we print with multiple purees to each other then we can even have interesting textures in more production and i think yeah there are a lot of possibilities still to explore all right awesome um yeah and i mean i think in listening to this i hope that more people are going to be interested in terms of my audience like is your if someone wanted to like work like for you or like work with this type of um, I guess this type of technology, what advice would you give them if they wanted to, if they saw this as like the path they wanted to take with food? Um, well, they can always send us an email, of course, to, uh, if they need support or if you want to collaborate with us. Um, and on the other hand, well, I would advise them to be creative, not just start with printer with chocolate because, well, then we only use it for 
more sweet and more unhealthy food and not really having any additional value with it. So try to to make sure that you do something new and innovative and really keep thinking about the puree you print or well or or just join our community so that uh, you can be inspired by chefs and you can inspire other chefs again so that we really can grow this world of 3d footprinting in the end yeah no i think that's awesome um if you if you wanted to share like a website or your social media sites so people can follow along and get more information uh, i think that would be helpful yeah well you can find us on um apprendingfood.com or uh, on instagram also apprendingfood and then you can also send us a private message if you want Okay. And, you know, kind of with any last message, if you had, I guess, is there anything else you'd like to share about like 3D printing and maybe how it works or why, you know, just anything else that you think would be of value to the people listening? Um, well, we are always uh, looking for new collaborations and dining experiences all over the world. So uh, really feel free to contact us. There's also contact us regarding questions on 3D printing or, uh, just if you want to start with it or if you have very interesting annuities, we are really happy to do sort of research and um, and help you to go further and beyond the ideas that are already there. So Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully I, I'm really excited for your community to grow. Um, you know, if you ever need anything shared or promote, you know, promoted on a page, I think it'd be really cool to kind of, you know, see this kind of technology grow and see your company grow. I think, you know, I think it, just as important as it is about the creativity, I love the idea of the food waste and kind of utilizing that. And I think, you know, that's an issue we need to look more towards as chefs. And I mean, it seems very smart to use what you would call food waste in a way that's artistic and that's creative and that, you know, creates profit and makes a great experience for the end consumer. Yes. Yes. I hope that more chefs are, well, thinking creatively about the food that they normally throw away. Because, well, we can really serve it and we can really do um, make tasty food even without a printer. You can still, well, keep things creatively and just don't throw it away. <laughs> yes, definitely. Awesome. Well, you know, I, now that you've been on the podcast, I call the audience that I, that I, um, that I have for the podcast and the people who follow along on the Instagram, the Wine Cook Nation. Uh, my community online is a group of chefs, cooks, just people in general interested in food. And now that you have been on the podcast, you are a part of that community. What does it mean to you to kind of speak to the chefs and cooks trying to learn more in this industry? Uh, well, I think it's really nice and very important also to grow our own community, to reach more chefs in the end, to help them to, well, to help each other and uh, support chefs in general. So, yeah, it's it's very great. So it's, thank, thanks a lot for that. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, like she said, you could follow her on Instagram at UpPrintingFood. And uh, yeah, if anyone's has any ideas, wants to learn more, I mean, I, I'm very excited for your company. I wish you the best with it. Of course. Well, thank you so much for coming in. <laughs> Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure talking with you. Right. There you have it. The interview with Elza Linda. Thank you all so much for listening to the show. 
Once again, if you're interested in running the 47 miles with me to help raise funds for No Kid Hungry, please message me or go to the link in the show notes or my Instagram bio and sign up to join the Lion Cook Nation running team. And always, if you have the time, please leave an Apple review. It helps me out a ton. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you on next week's episode.